The following is a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, the guests on the program are employees of or otherwise represent the advertiser. The opinions expressed therein are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of Global News Radio 640 Toronto. This is The Real Money Show, the number one eight seven seven eight silver the website guildhallwealth.com. We're going to be talking about real money today, gold, silver. Maybe we'll get into some natural fancy colored diamonds as well, generational wealth. But gold and silver have been having a great week. And uh, again, the number one eight seven seven eight silver the website guildhallwealth.com. Jerry, what do we have uh, coming up in the show this week? Well, we're going to be focusing on many things. We have so many things in front of us, Jeremy. But uh, specifically, we're going to talk about the Fed, which is the Fed meeting coming up next week. Uh, the silver. Silver squeeze is still on, and Guildhall has silver and gold in stock. Uh, China, a lot of news out of China uh, regarding their imports and uh, crypto markets, and and just a move, the, a huge trend of you know countries and now people moving away from the U.S. dollar. So a lot in lot in store for us today. And of course, uh, it has been an interesting week. Silver, apparently, we are back to square one. We've we've made back the losses at the beginning of the year. Gold still has a lot to make up. I think we're down eight percent on the year so far, mm-hmm. given the fact that gold was up something like twenty three or th- it was over plus twenty three percent last year. Great move. We got up into the twenty one hundred dollar level, pulled back into this low seven hundred dollar level, and then now we've slowly been creeping up back near eight eighteen hundred, which I think is very positive for the market. But what are people missing? right now that they're not paying attention to it mm-hmm. the the whole volatility that we saw in precious metals had nothing to do with the psychology on of the people in the market the participants in the market the volatility came from the algorithms that told the computers to sell gold and silver because the 10-year treasury yield was rising right that's it so what we have to take away from this is we have an opportunity to now you know, get the silver, get your get your positions in, analyze the trends like you know, that are coming out. For example, from Salente, huge moves away from the U.S. dollar. People are preparing for for another uh, round of volatility. Let's talk about some trends. You know, the trend is your friend ultimately, and we know that the trend of the U.S. dollar is down. Most currencies around the world, I can't think of a a positive currency. Can you think of a positive currency, one that's screaming great value right now? No. No. So they're all going down. That's the trend there. That's the trend. The other trend is central banks are continuing to buy gold. That's another huge, huge trend. You have to wonder, why is it that you're seeing all this gold volatility? Meanwhile, the central banks continue to acquire it for themselves. I thought it was a barbarous relic. (laughs) Not for the banks, not for smart money, not for the central banks. Uh, The IMF reported this week, they uh, recently reported that the global share of U.S. denominated exchange reserves, which is the U.S. Federal Reserve notes, uh, exposure to the U.S. dollar and and such assets have dropped by 50% and are sitting at a 25-year low. So there's a huge trend. We talked about this a couple of weeks ago. I brought up the fact that the Russian uh, Central Bank has uh, notified their pensions to load up on gold. Uh, similar, we're seeing Hungary do the same thing, Turkey. So our, the central banks around the world are, that- are acquiring, but not the BOC, Bank of Canada. <laughs> <laughs> another, another trend is inflation. 
I think it's one of the most popular search words on Google lately, uh, as far as uh, it's been more popular as a search term than over the last decade. So people are, this is something people are concerned about. This is a, this is a definitive trend, inflation. Now, anyone who's been listening to our show for the last decade knows this is a, a big topic for us because for us, this is about real world return. Mm -hmm. When the bank is telling you inflate or the central bank is telling you inflation's at 2% and you're getting less than 2% at the bank, but then you go to buy your groceries, fill your car up with gas, pay for the kids' daycare, uh, whatever it is, uh, insurance, energy, all of these things, all of a sudden you say, what, 2%? Mm. Are, you, are you kidding me? Maybe in 2003, 2004, you could get past uh, getting away with that. But by the time 2013 came around, the, the jig was up. And now, now we're sitting here in 2021 after a pandemic, and you have to sit there saying, how are they going to pay all these debts? Well, the way they're going to pay those off is by inflating it away. In other words, making the purchasing va purchasing power of the dollar disappear well that leaves us holding the bag so inflation is a is a huge trend mm -hmm. and the, and that's it we need to break down you know we throw that word the you know the world seems to be throwing that the mainstream throws the word inflation without breaking it down and what is the end result of that we're losing purchasing power the currency being or is being depreciated year over year about 11% year over year in all major currencies versus the standard of gold and silver our currencies are losing value and it's important that we address this topic what is inflation and what are the effects of inflation and how do I protect against inflation? And that's what people are uh, coming to Guildhall. We have to break that that down. I'm not sure if you're going through the same exercise with a lot of people. Yeah, because ultimately, what's what the benefit of the past decade or so of low interest rates has been, you know, after 2008, interest rates came down. I mean, after 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 uh, the dot com bubble, interest rates came down to zero. What was the benefit? Oh, we can buy more house. That obviously pushed into the subprime market, which which ended up being a debacle, and we almost lost the financial system. Okay, they got out of it with this thing called quantitative easing and lowering interest rates again back to near zero. They jawboned, oh, threatening that they're going to raise the rates again, and now they, they don't want to raise the rates because you have to service the debt somehow, and you're going to do that with lower rates. So the benefit has been lower interest rates for a while. But that has that has bled into massive risks into um, real estate, for example. Stock market is incredibly overvalued. There's a lot of crowded trades out there, if you will, whether it's real estate, stock market, cryptocurrencies. The question becomes: This has got to end somewhere. Inflation is how it's going to end. There's going to be a pullback, and the boat is going to be sinking. And which which boat do you want to jump into to get off? The sinking boat. Do you want to get into the one that's crowded or do you want to get into the one that not everyone's paying attention to except central banks apparently? Not too many options. Yeah, What is that lifeboat that we're going to jump into? There is, as you mentioned, the stock bubble, house bubble, debt bubble, crypto bubble. This is a debt trap. You can't, you can't grow, your, grow your way out of this. You can inflate. You can tax. We saw capital gains in the U.S. has, uh, has nearly gone up to 44% on capital gains. Great job. Um, I mean, we can't, we boast 50%, I believe, here in Canada. So you could tax the way or default. Um, Fed is talking next week. Next week, the U.S. Federal Reserve is going to be um, heading towards their uh, policy. We probably won't see any changes, keeping rates low. Um, they actually said that there's a 
I think it was the Wall Street Journal or Daily FX, the Fed fund futures will see a greater than a 90% chance that rate markets will be on hold throughout 2021. So they cannot raise interest rates. Where's the growth coming from? What boat are we going to take, Jeremy? How, how do you, you couldn't raise interest rates before all of the money you put out because of COVID. How are you supposed to raise interest rates now after you've printed? The, the Fed's balance sheet went from like $4 trillion up to $8 trillion. I mean, how come there are, who could possibly think all of a sudden they have the ability to raise interest rates now? Mm-hmm. They couldn't raise rates when their balance sheet was $4 trillion. How, how do they have the ability to raise rates now that their balance sheet's plus $8 trillion? And it's only going to keep growing. The debt in the U.S. is only going to keep growing. How do you get out of that? It, this this whole thing is absolutely ridiculous. Debt to GDP. <laughs> you can't grow out of this. You can't produce enough in the economy. And when you're going to start paying people to stay home, if you want to talk about universal basic income, you can't get people to go to work. Yeah. How are you supposed Where's to grow? Where's the incentive? Where's the incentive? None. Right? You can't hire people because they won't show up. <laughs> so what's the point? How do you how do you get your economy back on track? I mean, just besides just reopening again and people, some people being able to go back to work, but there's going to be swaths of businesses that have closed. Now there's there's benefits. Some people some people become successful through that, like uh, plastic makers, mask okay. makers, yep. things like this, but. Ultimately, the economy can't grow out of this inflation, so they have to get rid of the the debt somehow, and that's going to be from devaluing the dollar. Mm -hmm. This couldn't be more simple. The problem is, is that people look at the physical gold or physical silver and they say, there's a cost to that. I I don't understand. Why would I pay $5 over spot to have silver to to protect myself? (laughs) It's insurance. You pay for insurance. doesn't matter the cost. You require insurance, and with the amount of derivatives out there, ladies and gentlemen, there is a huge risk coming from the top down from derivatives. We have shadow derivatives, reported derivatives, unfunded government liabilities, and if we refer to Exter's pyramid of money, sound money, power money is your bottom, your gold and your silver. If you do not have physical gold and silver, you are open to all of those risks, crushing your portfolio, crushing your freedoms, and uh, the only way out is through gold and silver. We have to ask ourselves, why the central banks right now? Why are countries loading up the boat with gold and silver? Are you? Are you Canadians? I hope so. And with Guildhall, it's very easy because we only deal in physical precious metals. LBMA approved, that means globally recognized brands that all meet the same quality criteria, that all source their product ethically, that can all handle global trade. So they're very large refiners, large mints like Royal Canadian Mint or Pamp Swiss or Valcambi, etc. And so we only deal in, in the brands that are going to be the most easy for you to liquidate down the road, that you could sell anywhere around the world, sell to any dealer, very, very liquid product. And with Guildhall, it's all physical, whether you're buying direct coming to the office to pick up or we're shipping it to you through an order through our e-store or you're storing the product in our vault which is an IROC approved independent vault outside the banking system or even direct ownership of physical precious metals stored directly in your RSP. The number one eight seven seven eight silver the website guildhallwealth.com. We'll be right back. You are listening to a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, the guests on the program are employees of or otherwise represent the advertiser. The opinions expressed therein are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of Global News Radio 640 Toronto. 
Welcome back to The Real Money Show, the number one eight seven seven eight silver and the website guildhallwealth.com. For this segment, we're going to discuss just how undervalued gold and silver really are. I think some people, maybe they've been holding it for several years, Jerry, and hey, the price has moved up, so they've, they've reached a new level. Things look good. The gains don't look as good as some of the other investments out there, but that might not be the point in this case. But still, I feel like we are waiting for the big one. The stage is set for the big one with debt levels the way they are, with supply at extremes, uh, shortages, and huge physical demand. The stage is set for silver and gold. Yeah, you know, there is a, an article that just came across uh, through Silver Watch saying that global sil silver demand is poised to rise this year and prices could jump more than 30%. Now, that's because you've got... Um, you know, renewables, you've got things like needing silver for uh, electric cars, needing it for solar power, needing it for wind power, all of these new technological advances Tesla. for silver, Tesla, sure, uh, that ultimately anything that in, is in our daily lives that is digital or electronic has some silver in it, and that's not going away. That's just going to keep growing. I read that article. It was actually a Wall Street Journal article. So they mixed a lot of truth with some opinion, and their opinion of 30%, I think, was a huge lowball figure, uh, citing all of the strong fundamentals with something with so much utility, with very little supply, knowing that mines have shut down, knowing that the LBMA said they were two weeks away from a default. 30% for, for physical silver with huge potential and, the, and a huge per, uh, future ahead. The Wall Street Journal is just doing one thing. They want to be in the game. They weren't. They don't want to be the ones left out saying, oh, we never knew about silver. No, they're talking about silver being bullish and being bullish on silver, uh, but very, very much of a lowball figure. I hear what you're saying. I think not just, not just in terms of the lowball figure of a projection, but in some ways, the lowball figure of what we've seen occur in gold and silver over the last year, you know, it, it, winners wouldn't sit on their laurels and say, oh, I made a 30% gain in the market last year. No, it's where can we go next from here? Because at the end of the day, gold and silver moved up significantly last year, but the premiums are still high. So we didn't work off any of any of the excess demand. And the only way to reconcile this excess demand is which much with with much, much higher prices. Now, you've got uh, lumber's up 300%. You have energy costs are up. You have the cost to do anything is going to be much, much more expensive. So is gold making that much in the mining? Are they going to bring out that much gold because people are worried about inflation that they're going to be flocking to gold? At some point here, people are going to realize that the investments that they currently have are not actually ensuring their wealth. They're not going to realize that till things are starting to fall down. That's when you realize, oh my gosh, I need insurance. My house is on fire. Too late. Mm -hmm. Too late. You need to be in there early, early, early. Now, we've got these high premiums, which is just an indication of the fact that the, that the paper price is too low against the physical. So again, just how undervalued is gold and silver? If last year's silver went up 45% and at a minimum... Wall Street Journal saying eh, it could go up another 30%. How off are they? Uh, just as off as the Bank of America was back in 2011 when they forecasted gold 
to hit about 1500 where gold hit 19 uh 1950 us so they were just under they they low ball they they're very conservative even lo- lower conservative in their values all to keep the allure and the squeeze down the silver squeeze is on folks and we know that individuals initially get into this market for insurance wealth insurance yes but once you're involved you start going down the rabbit hole you start realizing what is fiat currency what is money what is fractional reserve banking this is a ticket silver right now physical silver out of the banking silver is a ticket to financial freedom people want freedom not only away from the lockdowns but we want financial freedom away from this Ponzi scheme that's happening and we all know the only way from this financial scheme of Ponzi schemes is a physical uh, backed currency if we don't have that you're not gonna get the freedom so silver and gold right now pose that threat against that type of system silver is the Achilles heel and a revaluation I believe is happening you have countries like China importing 150 tons on its way right now to China why there's a lot of chatter about a a, a gold-backed one but what if the US happens to do that they have 8,000 tons sitting in West Point and Fort Knox unaudited I know for me I would never tell you how much gold I have, so the U.S. won't tell us how much gold they have. But I believe that they have 8,000 tons. I, I do believe one day they will open those vault doors and say, huh, there it is. There it is. There exactly. Is. We don't know where we got it. It could be from we airlifted it out of Ukraine or Libya or Iraq or the bottom of the World Trade Center. But mm. lo and behold, it's there. So I think ultimately that uh, they will reveal that they've got a lot of gold somewhere along the line. But I think even just even just opening your eyes, you know, it's not – where people get confused is they just watch the price, right? They just watch the ticker as though that's going to educate them in some way. It's not. Look at what's happened in the last 12 months. We've had two occasions where the retail market was completely wiped out, wiped out a product. You could not buy it for love or money. It was just, I can't get it. Sorry. That's it. There's no more. And the price only went up 45%. Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay. And somehow they squashed that. And the second time they kind of, you know, the bank squashed it. We find out the LBMA, the wholesale market was potentially two weeks away from, from being obliterated as well. And you can tell again, if the premiums are high, then the wholesale market is still working off the demand from just a couple months ago. Mm-hmm. And now, uh, an article you brought to my attention, Jerry. There was an article from uh, from Gold Switzerland saying that potentially every physical ounce of silver sold has been rehypothecated up to one thousand times. Now this just goes to the importance of having the physical and not having just exposure to the market paper-wise. So what does this mean? So for every one physical, there is 1,000 shares, and these shares of ETFs and ETPs are not backed by physical? Correct. So that's the reason why the LBMA came out with that bogus report. I mean, yeah, they talked about fundamentals for silver, fundamentals. And just to remind the, the listeners, the LBMA came out with their first ever. Now, this LBMA association has been around for a century old. Uh, but the first time they've ever re- given us given us a silver report, a silver investment report, uh, and they they mentioned that they don't have enough silver, and they tried to quell our our interests in silver, saying, "Oh, we have enough, no nothing to worry about." 
I mean, what a uh, what an effort to try to calm the market. But I know, but I that's, think it really woke people up, and you know. Yeah, I, I think I, I think they had an intention there to calm the market, and then when you're telling people <laughs> we were two weeks away from something, you go, okay, so the silver squeeze people have to look at that and realize, you mean all I had to do was to keep buying for another two weeks? Maybe. Yeah. I, I don't know, but I, I think that there's a lot going on. I've noticed as well that. There's these entities who've been leasing gold and silver that are no longer wanting to lease it. They're recalling their lease. So not that the product ever left the vault. It's just that they're saying, we don't want to lease this out anymore. We need it in our hands, which when everyone's recalling, right? Think about the banks for a minute. If the banks decided uh, we could have a systematic failure here, we better call in all of our lines of credit. And you go online and your line of credit just went from 50,000 down to 30,000 or it just went from 30,000 down to 15,000 or all of a sudden you're trying to use your line of credit and they limit you and they say you can only take out this much at a time, right? So that's what we're seeing in the gold market, the physical gold market. They're starting to, to, rally, to, to round the wagons, right? And you can see they're starting to protect their own holdings. Meanwhile, they're still trying to cover for the fact that people still want to take delivery. That's what I think is a big part of what's been happening over the last year is major financial institutions are realizing, oh my gosh, people want to convert out of this paper. People want to take delivery. We have all these paper promises. How do we do that? So they go to the, the wholesale market. They're trying to get that product back in to cover mm -hmm. themselves. And I think that's been a big part of the pressure on the market as well. So where does that lead us? How undervalued could this market possibly be? I mean, it would not surprise me if silver went into triple digits. What's that? I mean, Bitcoin's trading in 50,000 it's coming down. But I'm, just as an example, the difference is, is you can buy cryptos in, in uh, fractions, but there'll be a point here where gold and silver, you just can't buy it, period. Think about that. That's I can right. log on to anywhere and I can buy any stock. They don't say, we've run out of stock. Can't buy any Apple today. Mm -hmm. Can't buy any crypto today. No, you can buy as much as you want, as much as you want, anytime. But in this market, once you run out, that's it. That's right. And, you know, I was looking at that. Uh, I mean, you and I, you know, we, we hold crypto. It's all about really diversification, but it's never been something that we want to go too, too headlong in. Uh, we saw a really brutal week so far in the crypto space. It really all happened last week on the weekend where, uh, you know, the, the miners in China now, you know, a significant amount of Bitcoin mining is done out of China as you alluded last week and um, but the the miners the mining network actually knew uh, the that the power in China was was going to be off so they actually got ahead and were able to sell into Binance and dumped Bitcoin and knowing that you know they're not going to be able to mine so let's dump and what happened we we're seeing the biggest uh, I mean, Bitcoin plunged 15% within a matter of hours, dragging the rest of the market down with it. You know, this is counterparty risk. This is immediate counterparty risk that you need to have an asset that is not tied, that is not digital. It cannot be hacked. Uh, it's not tied to the power grid. You know, if you want to compare gold and Bitcoin, you cannot. They're two different things. Bitcoin is not gold 2.0 because you need power for Bitcoin. You don't need power for gold. Yeah, you need power up the... the you, you need the energy it costs to pull it out of the ground the and ground. form it into that, but it's labor. It's labor 
as opposed per labor to, versus labor for consistent energy all the time. Yeah, like a right. light switch. I heard uh, an interview with Peter Grandich, who is like the granddad in in the gold and silver market, um, with his with his uh, newsletter and whatnot. And he was interviewed on Kitco. He was talking about the uh, talking about the stock market, and he said, for thirty eight years that he's been in the business, he's never heard um, the ending that and all and and it all ended with the 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 middle class doing well. In terms of the stock market, it didn't end with the middle class lived happily ever after. He's never seen that <laughs> ever. It's always the middle class lost because yeah. if you're not an insider, right? If you've ever seen the movie Wall Street or Wall Street Two yep. or the crypto miners, like you are always going to be the last to know. That's why gold and silver is a bit more simple in that way because it's just a, a, a dumb, easy, keep it stupid, simple metal. It's just it does nothing. You you. You pull it out of the ground, and it's you store simple. your wealth in there, and that's it. It's been like that for thousands and thousands of years. Meanwhile, gold and silver are both up an average of 11% a year for the last 20 years. But that 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 gain's okay, but they're so undervalued. We're going to talk about how undervalued they are in the next segment as well. The number, one eight seven seven eight silver the website, guildhallwealth.com. You're listening to The Real Money Show on Global News Radio 640 Toronto. You are listening to a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, the guests on the program are employees of or otherwise represent the advertiser. The opinions expressed therein are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of Global News Radio 640 Toronto. And we're back with The Real Money Show, the number one eight seven seven eight silver and the website guildhallwealth.com. So we've been talking about the fact that gold and silver are undervalued. We know where the trends are. We know that the trend for inflation is up. Central banks are buying gold and that the dollar is going to be falling, that it's losing value all the time. And where is the fair value for gold and silver? I think that is probably the question. If you want to answer how undervalued is gold and silver, you really have to answer what is a fair value for gold and silver? What are your thoughts, Jerry? Well, gold and silver has always been anti-debt. And what I mean by that is that the more that you expand that debt load, the higher silver and gold the potential is for silver and gold. They're opposites. Gold and silver move in the opposite direction. It's the most negatively correlated asset class to the U.S. dollar and then stocks. And that's the simple thing. That's all we need to really know. And as long as you have the physical, you're in the market. You not only decoupled yourself and your money away from depreciation of currency, you're now positioned for that, uh, that top side potential. And, you know, when I'm looking at what the fair value is for gold and silver, I think there's some very simple indicators that people can look at that historically have, have led the way. One would be the Dow Gold Ratio. That's something that's been around for 30, 40 years. And the idea is that when these bull markets in precious metals and commodities in general, the commodities cycle, which I think it's pretty easy to see we're in a commodities bull cycle now, that it ends at a one-to-one -one ratio, gold to the Dow. That means that in 1980, the Dow was trading at 850 points, and today, and gold was trading at $850. So that was a one-to-one -one ratio. Right. In in 99, uh, at the dot-com bubble, the ratio was something like 42, 44 to one. And by 2011, so within the decade, just over a decade, it had fallen from 44, 42 down to four to one. And, uh, you know, now I think it's around 15 to one, 16 to one. So we could think about one to one on the Dow and say, 
okay, if the Dow doesn't fall, that's $35,000 an ounce, give or take. If the Dow comes down 30, 40%, and it comes down to 22,000, that's still $20,000 on gold. And if it's a two to one ratio, that's $10,000 gold. Mm-hmm. And if it's a four to one ratio, that's still $5,000 gold. Right. Take your pick. Which door do you want? Exactly. Right? So that's just one idea. The other is comparing it to real estate. And think about it. This is about value, right? So, uh, Warren Buffett, price is what you pay, value is what you get. Right. This is about value, understanding just how undervalued gold and silver are even with higher premiums. The higher premium is just an indication that there's a lot lack of supply, mm-hmm. that someone else out there wants it and is getting it. Mm-hmm. And they're willing to pay the higher price to get that, right? This, which, which boat do you want to get in off the sinking boat than when the music stops? So we can look at understanding value. Now, if you compare gold to real estate, in 1980, you could buy a house in Toronto, in Rosedale, which those houses average something like $5 million, you could buy it for under $250 an ounce. Today, you're looking at thousands of ounces, thousands of ounces of gold. And just a median home Mm -hmm. in in Toronto or Canada, you're looking at probably north of 700 ounces. So I don't need to get perfection. I don't need to buy a home for 150 ounces, but maybe somewhere in the realm of 350, even Mm -hmm. 400, that's going to give me a sense of what the value's at. So, so, you know, as listeners, go home, play with these numbers, play with the house number, divide it by the current price of gold in Canadian dollars and see where you're at and get a sense of where this is going. Either gold is undervalued, housing's overvalued, or it's a little bit of both, Mm -hmm. right? That's another example. So the other one is the debts, as you were talking, Jerry, the debts. That's the huge, less than $10 trillion worth of gold is all that's available. That's ever been mined. It's less than 10 trillion. And the debts globally are over 300 trillion Mm -hmm. and counting, not including derivatives. Trying to squeeze an elephant into a mouse because when this starts to come down, where where is everyone going to go? What do the boats look like? What do the safety jackets look like? They're shining. They're glimmering. They're gold and silver. And this is the only solution, folks. I'm just going back. Many have held that the return to a fully or partially backed gold standard is nearly the only way out of this financial Ponzi scheme. If you can't inflate assets and goods to remove the debt burden consuming everything, you tie a central currency to gold and inflate the gold price to reduce or remove the debt. And this is the, this is the only way out. And this is what's so exciting that this market is cyclical. We can see the trend going back hundreds, if not thousands of years, and we look back at reserve currency status. The currencies don't last forever. The average currency can last maybe 100, maybe 120 years max. But if you look back in history, you had Portugal, Spain, Netherlands, France, Britain, U.S., all had reserve currencies. Something is about to pop. The, the silver and gold stage is set, ladies and gentlemen, and this is such an exciting time. The number, one eight seven seven eight silver the website, guildhallwealth.com. And one of the ways that you can get into this market is to buy some physical precious metals. And it's so easy to do. You can contact Guildhall directly using the number. You can go to the website. You can even go to our e-store, guildhallpreciousmetals.com. And we really encourage you to start small. Just pick up a few coins, pick up a bar or two, get that into your hand to understand that this is not an investment. This is an acquisition of a physical item. It's an asset. This is where you're going to store your wealth. And once you have that in your hand, 
there there it changes your mindset yeah. right and this is where then you can decide okay now i want to move on to maybe put some in my tfsa maybe i want to put some allocate it into my rsp and at guildhall that's what we offer direct ownership of physical product in your rsp this means that if you ever decided i need my gold okay there's no convertibility you already own that gold you might pay withholding tax to get it out of a registered account or you don't pay withholding tax out of a tfsa but you already own the product so to take delivery of it is not an issue because you already own it versus paper versions of it or gold back funds of things where you don't really own that product and so that's the key for us is to put that physical product in your hand and we love these conversations jeremy helping canadians move their rsps over to us we help every step of the way so if you have a lira an rsp a tfsa give us a call over a 15 20 minute phone call jeremy or jeremy or myself will help get the ball rolling help with the transfer department. We have to, if we have to contact the institution, we'll do that. And even on the other side, you mentioned if you want to take delivery, we have a letter of direction ready to go if you ever want to do that. Uh, but there's you know, it's a, there's a vault that's fully insured. It's allocated to you. Um, you can visit whenever the, the lockdowns and restrictions relent, but you can audit in the future if you like. We've talked about how undervalued gold and silver are. What could potentially be the fair value of gold and silver? In the next segment, we're going to actually put some numbers on that for people so that they can get a sense of what could I stand to gain by having physical gold and silver in my portfolio. The number one eight seven seven eight silver the website guildhallwealth.com. You're listening to The Real Money Show on Global News Radio 640 Toronto. You are listening to a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, the guests on the program are employees of or otherwise represent the advertiser. The opinions expressed therein are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of Global News Radio 640 Toronto. Welcome back to The Real Money Show, the number one eight seven seven eight silver the website guildhallwealth.com. My name is Jeremy Wiseman, Vice President of Guildhall, and joining me is Jerry Karaya, Senior Broker here at Guildhall. And throughout the show, we've been talking about the value of gold, how undervalued gold and silver are, what is potentially the fair value of gold and silver, and how do you discover that? Now, let's look at where the prices could actually go, because I think this is a very exciting point in the show. You know, Jerry, just over the break, just to give some quick numbers, you know, I don't think gold necessarily has to go to a one-to-one on the Dow, but over the years, this concept of $10,000 gold has become more and more accepted as a potential reality. And I, I can see how that could be a potential reality because, hey, we're, we're close to about $2,000 an ounce in US dollars now. And given the amount of debts that the government has and where all the sloshing about of money, it wouldn't be that much to push the price of gold higher. And of course, they've been keeping the price down short term. It's always a short term thing. Long term, gold is, is up to 11% a year. So it's always the short term. Mm-hmm. But long term, gold has been has been doing a great job. Now, what would it look like if it went to 10,000? Well, if you were to put $50,000 into gold right now, you'd buy about 20 ounces. So that would turn into about $200,000. Now, I'm going to skip to the really, really good stuff. If we got a 16 to 1 ratio, which is the historic norm, silver to gold, silver to gold ratio, that would put silver at $625 an ounce. Sound ridiculous? 
Not when gold is trading at 10,000. 600 looks really, really cheap. Easy. Still really, really cheap. Mm -hmm. At 625,000, if you put 50,000 into gold, into silver today, you'd buy 1,200 ounces. That 1,200 ounces, putting in $50,000, silver at $650 an ounce, you would, you would have $750,000 worth of silver. Is that an insurance policy that's working? Is that paying off your mortgage? Is that buying you a home? Again, 1980, you can, with 2,000 easily ounces of silver, just under $80,000 Canadian, you're buying a house. So this is not crazy. Well, let's do the math on that, Jerry. If we take 2,000 ounces and we're paying uh, $31 an ounce, that's $62,000 worth of product. 2,000 ounces of silver, if we were to get to get to 625 again, let's use that as the example, that's worth $1.25 million. You're not talking a huge investment in that sense to get those gains. No. Have we seen those gains elsewhere? Yeah. And in those places where it, where it exists, those things are completely bubble territory, crowded trades, overinvestment. This is completely undervalued and hard to get. That's the part that blows my mind. How can it be undervalued and hard to get? I, I, I just don't quite understand no. it. That's yeah. That can't happen. That can't last very long. No, but there's also one other type of asset that is undervalued and hard to get, and that's natural fancy colored diamonds. Because if you look at the pink diamond market, you know the diamond market overall has struggled a, a little bit this year because of COVID. So you know you have jewelry stores can't be open, wholesalers can't go to each other's places and things like that. So, but that's starting to change a little bit. If you look at the Fancy Color Diamond Research Foundation and and the news that they're coming out, you're starting to see that market perk up, especially at at auction. Which auction is always a last option when you're selling a diamond at auction it's your last option and so you're not necessarily getting the best prices at auction that you would get privately through through wholesalers or other dealers but the argyle mine which produced 90 percent of the world's pink diamonds closed at the end of last year that means no more pinks period now the natural fancy color diamond research foundation shows that within the next 50 60 years Diamond mining will be done. That means you're only going to be depending on a secondary market for diamonds. Wow. Okay, for your own generation, that doesn't mean much. But for generational wealth, that should perk up some, some ideas here mm -hmm. on what's going on. Um, at least pique your curiosity. Well, wait a minute. If in 50, 60 years, there will be no diamonds coming out of the ground, it'll all just be what's available at the back of people's safes. What will that mean potentially for the pink diamond market? I mean, even now the, the the mine's closed. The fact that the and we know as well through the Fancy Color Diamond Research Foundation, Jerry, that the yellow diamond market they've seen a lot less yellow diamonds go in to um, to GIA over the last year. Interesting. So that means within the next year you're going to have even less of those coming to market. Right, because they're not even going into GIA. And as the pink diamond market starts to keep moving higher and higher and higher, you have to move to the next the next diamond down mm -hmm. to get involved. Right? It's sort of like real estate. Oh, I can't buy a three car garage house anymore. I've got to move down to the two car garage or I have to move into a large apartment. And that's where the yellow diamond market becomes something that can show a lot of potential. Mm-hmm. 
a lot of potential right now. And I remember starting Guild Hall, we had one red, we had one blue. Uh, the pinks were almost out of our pinks, uh, and the vivid yellows are now ca you know catching attention. Um, so this is generational wealth. This is what is so exciting is that you know if you look at the the diamond mine, the, the argyle mine that has closed. That diamond mine has been responsible for ninety percent of the world's pink diamonds. And have you seen these mines? How deep into the earth that they go, and the trucks and the excavators that have to go down. If there's a green new deal, how are you bringing your heavy machinery down there? It's going to get even more rare to even get the yellow diamonds out of the ground. So this is a very good time to inquire, ask about our diamond discovery session, even a buyer's guide. And we'll walk you through this to show you how a diamond can improve your portfolio with some precious metals attached. And just to get a sense of the quality that we offer at Guildhall, please go to our YouTube channel and check out some of the some of the diamond videos that we have up there, whether it's some pieces that we've created or even the Argyle Tender Diamond that we have as part of our collection. Of course, you can go to visit the YouTube channel to hear some of the past shows. It's been great chatting with you this week. I think we did figure out where the price of gold is ultimately headed and how exciting that is. The trend is your friend in that case. The number one eight seven seven eight silver the website guildhallwealth.com, and we'll speak to you all very soon on The Real Money Show here on Global News Radio 640 Toronto. The preceding was a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, the guests on the program are employees of or otherwise represent the advertiser. The opinions expressed therein are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of Global News Radio 640 Toronto.